China is one of the largest economies today and runs trade surpluses with all three of the major economies of the US, EU and Japan. Okay, four now, okay, the UK and many other countries. To be exact, I think 100 other countries run trade surpluses with China. And what does that mean? It means that China sells more to them than China buys from them. So do you want in on this interesting market? The Chinese stock market now has increased its access to retail investors like ourselves. So we had to bring on someone interesting to talk about this in more depth, to give us clarity on the broader financial ecosystem in China, the stock market, and some interesting investing ideas in the land of the dragon. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to another Chills with TFC session. In this series, we bring on interesting, relevant people to help us learn better from various perspectives. Life is not always about learning from people that you already agree with. Perspectives shake around the thinker. So in our pursuit of the life we love or managing our finances well, our guest for today is someone that proclaims himself to be a doctor of wealth. Yes, yes, Dr. Wealth is one of the leading investment communities here in Singapore. And today we have its founder in the house to dig deeper into China, its financial systems, and stock market. So welcome, Alvin Chow. For reference sake, this was recorded in 8th of April 2021 and we will be releasing these chills with TFC episodes that we believe are very insightful and timely. Early to you, Coconuts. Our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendation. So thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Let's roll. So then you started investing in Singapore markets, right? Yeah. Eventually, everybody moves and develop and, you know, go abroad and whatnot, right? So in, in search of yield, in search of growth and what have you, right? So then, you know, somehow we all make our way into China. <laughs> 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 I mean, you, you get the reality today, right? Yep. right but what, what prompted you to, you know, explore this place in China? Mm. Okay, uh, because the way I see it is that um, the, the big picture was when I look through history is that the world superpower always changes. It's never one country forever, right? So it started with the Portuguese who really sail around the world and colonized other countries, right? In the past, before they get to uh, be naval powers, usually they only move around um, the land mass. So you only conquer your neighbors who are connected by land mass, right? But uh, the Portuguese uh, brought a different story, right? They, they had these ships that can sail as far as Brazil, Macau became Portuguese colonies, and then the Spanish, and then the Dutch, the French, the British, which Singapore was part of the colony, and then after World War II is the US, the superpower. But uh, interestingly, after the World War II, the interesting part about US is that uh, it doesn't colonize. Okay? But how do they then dominate the world? Right? How do you call it a superpower when you don't plant flags in other uh, countries? Right? So how they do it is they infiltrate 
to your country using their businesses, using mm. your corporations, mm. or what we call MNCs, right? Multinational companies. And today, you can go to any country, you usually will be able to sense or see or witness an uh, American company that's there. Okay, and um, I do think that eventually, US would never be, it would not be the superpower. So who is the likely next country? And that itself, the clearest answer would be China. So that piqued my interest. And uh, when I look deeper and look at the trends, then I felt more confident that, you know, um, on a larger trend scale, China is the way that, or, or avenue that, you know, it's good to place some bets, okay? It's not good to not place any bets on it, right? Mm. On the contrary, that's where I really uh, started to put more money in China stocks uh, for the past, past few years, I would say. Yeah, now, majority of my portfolio is weighted to China. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so in the pursuit for yield, um, you've explored China, right? But then there is a common sentiment that China is a relatively closed market. So can, can retail investors actually participate in it? I'm sure you've done it. So how do we go about doing it? And you know, what's the idea here? Okay. Uh, first of all, it's not about yield. It's more about the growth prospect. So it's more capital gain. Um, in China, so there are three major markets, or I should say four major markets where the Chinese companies are listed on the exchanges, right? So um, domestically, it will be the A shares, which are listed on Shenzhen and Shanghai Stock Exchange. And then you have the H shares, which is listed in Hong Kong. And then you have the ADRs, American Depository Receipts, mm. that are listed in the US. Okay, so um, the, the more well-known companies from China will choose any of these four exchanges to list. And uh, US, definitely no problem. I think a lot of investors are very familiar with, uh, as well as Hong Kong, right? Mm. Uh, investors have access to these two markets uh, for a long time. And um, the thing is that for A shares, uh, foreign investors used to be forbidden from uh, owning A shares, right? Only until around 2014, uh, they open it up. And how they do it is that they, they had this uh, Shanghai, Hong Kong Connect, and Shenzhen, Hong Kong Connect. So what they are doing is that they are making use of Hong Kong as an international platform uh, to reach out to foreign investors. So, uh, of course, these are their, their back-end stuff. We don't need to worry so much about it. Uh, on our side, we just need to know whether our broker get access to these A-shares. Mm. Okay? So, there are quite a handful of brokers, uh, even in Singapore, uh, based in Singapore, they allow you to buy A-shares. So, uh, just need to check with your broker. It's no longer that difficult. And uh, we are talking about uh, probably 2,000 stocks in Shanghai, 2,500 stocks in Shenzhen, about 2,005 in Hong Kong. So add together, you have about 7,000. That's excluding the US ADRs, right? So uh, it's a very huge market to talk about. So um, there are some stocks that are only listed in HS, as mm. HS, mm. right? So if you don't buy HS, you never get to... You never get a full suite them. of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Okay, Especially um, uh, some of the consumer products, companies, uh, they are mainly listed in the Chinese. And I think, I, I think that this is where the potential is. So enlarging that scope of China companies make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So what is your percentage you know, composition like in, in terms of like being in China? How many percent of your portfolio is China now? Currently, it's about 60%. Wow, yeah, okay. 60%. Mm-hmm. And yeah. predominantly in consumer consumption or, or where are we at? Uh, mainly in consumer products, yeah. Mm. Because I think um, as a retail investor, you know, it's easier to understand the consumer product, right? Being a consumer myself, 
rather than those B2B companies where um, it's a lot more opaque if you are not an industry expert. And the second reason is also because China uh, domestic consumption has uh, contributed to the GDP more than 50% of it already. Yeah, so it's another the past where they rely a lot more on exports. Uh, now consumer domestic consumption is a, a major thing, right? That drives the economy. And that's where uh, China also talk about the dual circulation economy, having both export and domestic consumption. Uh, that's what they want to grow. So I think that there is a lot of growth area to look at. And given the Chinese super big population, uh, domestic consumption is going to be much larger than what uh, we have seen in the US. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so domestic consumption is a very big word, right? In that sense, like that. People consume all sorts of stuff, you know, <laughs> and all sorts of things. And China is a huge country. So, just give us some texture. Help, help me understand, like, which part of consumption, how do you see consumption habits change? Mm-hmm. You know, because the general idea out there is, oh, China, a lot of people, country growing, grow, 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 consume more, more, more. So, yeah, okay, I get it. But then, but then where, right? What is it like? What are the habits going yeah. forward? Yeah. Um, okay, so so let's let's bring an example would be uh, Mao Thai. Okay. Mao Thai, right? Okay. So I guess I uh, you guys thing. have heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never drank it before. <laughs> I hate uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very expensive. Yeah, okay, it's, it's yeah. very expensive. Yes, yes. Uh, I think so, it's at least what 300 sing one mm, bottle. And that's the cheapest one. Yeah, that's the yeah, cheapest the, the one. Yeah. 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 And to show you the, the scale of that consumption, right, is that this Mao Thai is uh, part of the family of Baijiu. Right? It's not the only brand, it's, but it's a major brand in China. Uh, of course, they are second tier like your Wu Liang Ye or this. Mm. Um, but Bai Jiu is a very big market. Okay, so Bai Jiu is mainly drank in China, not outside of China. Right? It's unlike your whiskey, your vodka, it's drink mm. around the world. Okay? So in terms of hard liquor consumption around the world, right, Bai Jiu is the most drank spirits in mm. the world. So that means China outdrank everybody else. Practically, <laughs> 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 right? By that uh, logic, okay? Uh, mm, so mm. that shows you how big they are consumption is okay, to give you that scale so this is a good example of a consumer product that, that I like right uh, it's the first stock that crosses the 1000 yuan per share now it's 2000 plus mm. uh, and it's also have this uh, national title title of uh, the national liquor which yeah. was be stopped by Mao Zedong mm. right? and this kind mm. of branding you can't uh, take away yeah. okay? and even the water is a special sauce that mm. comes from that particular part of the stream of, uh, in Guizhou, some yeah. weird little yes, part. Yes, correct. Yes. They, they tried to take water from upper part of the river, lower part of the river. It tastes different. Mm. So there is a lot of this kind of uh, uh, competitive advantage, this uh, kind of uh, branding. When you want to uh, have a very big occasion celebration, right? You put a Mao Thai on the table, on every table, right? It gives people you know a lot of the face value. In China, mm. Mm. Right? Mm. Chinese have mm. this face value, right? Mm-hmm. They, 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 they want to increase this if they can. And this, this is one example, right? So it will never go away. And uh, as the Chinese become more affluent, they will consume more. Mm. Yeah, vices always works. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a cultural yeah. aspect, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and from its core, yeah. you know, but like you said, right? Um, consumption will increase as the consumers can, can buy more, essentially. Right? But with the undertone of understanding how the consumer economy circulates in China, how are we seeing that consumer becoming more powerful in that sense? And because your base case of pursuing Chinese stock is for growth, yeah. right? But then if something like a Mao Thai, I know you bought it a lot, a lot earlier, but something like a Mao Thai is already like, you know, established and biggest liqueur brand, 
you know, and it's mostly consumed in China. So then where's that growth in that sense, right? Other than local consumption. Yeah. For the record, I don't have Muay Thai. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I always felt that it was very expensive. Okay. Yeah. When okay. I look at it, it was like 1000 right? So I thought mm. it was expensive. Yeah, but it's a foolish mistake because it went to 2700 mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so That's the um, whole growth thing, in right? In hindsight, yeah. you see, uh, sometimes uh, for a good growth stock, you just have to buy a bit more, you know, uh, it looks overvalued, but sometimes you have to get in some point in time. Otherwise, you will just get more and more overvalued over time. Uh, so that's a good question, right? How, where are you going to get the growth, right? So multi is mainly drank in China. Uh, one is that um, th- there's a few things that a company can increase its uh, revenue, right? So one is that it can increase price. Okay, and that's what Maltai did for many years, right? Uh, because yes, it only gets more and more expensive yeah, every exactly. batch. Li- limited supply mm. because they can't make a lot, right? And then when the demand goes up, the price goes up. And because they are more affluent, they can afford. And in fact, become a valuable good. The more expensive, the better it is. The more, <laughs> the more face value you can derive from it, right? So, so mm. that's one uh, part of growth that's in, uh, increased prices. Usually, uh, that's the fastest way. And that's also the highest margin rate. Mm. Right, because mm. you, you, your cost is the Assuming same. Assuming oil stays constant, yeah. right? Then mm. your price goes up by 10, 20%, right? You straight away increase your margin. That's always the lazy way to, to grow the business. Mm. Uh, um, and then uh, second is that I, I do believe that eventually China will export their influence uh, mm. to other parts of the world. Mm. Even you realize now, we go around Singapore coffee shop, you see like the Mala Xiang Guo right, popping up here and there. People are consuming that. And if you look at history, right, Japan, when they export their electronics throughout the world, they don't just export their products, they export culture. Mm. That's where, you know, we start to watch animes, we start to eat sushi, mm. right? All, mm. your, all, your, all this kind of uh, Japanese culture start to filter in. Okay, so companies don't just bring products, they bring along culture mm. and that infiltrates and changes uh, or mesh together uh, into a, a melting pot of different cultures. Uh, Korea, did the same thing, right? Mm. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't just sell you Samsung They didn't just phones. dance, then they dance, dance, They, they give dance, you K, K-pop, right? So, uh, K-drama and ruin, K-drama, ruin exactly. every, every exactly. single person's, you know, probability. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, so, so I do think that China will eventually bring more and more culture here. And, mm. you know, for all you know, multi will increase in consumption, mm. right? Outside of China. Mm. And that's mm. a much bigger market. That's why we'll talk about that superpower status, that MNC effect, mm. uh, that cultural uh, imports or exports from China. Uh, US did it a lot, right? Especially the Hollywood okay, culture, all these kind of things. Uh, Infiltrates to music, right? Spotify, a lot of China music. Last time, Chinese music mainly come from Hong Kong, Taiwan. Mm. Now it's coming from China. Yeah. Right? So that is what I see as inevitable. Yeah, by the way, in China, they don't really eat Xiang Guo. Yeah, so don't. I have not really <laughs> seen Xiang Guo while I was living there. Not in Sichuan, not in Chengdu, not in Shenzhen. Yeah. It's like, but it's, you know. It's, it's, a, it's an evolved dish. Yeah, evolved version, like, like Mukata, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the same idea. Yeah. Same idea. Like, like, even Chinese rice, uh, mm. chicken, chicken rice, not Chinese rice, chicken mm. rice here, is different from the Wen Chang Ji in Hainan. In Hainan. Yeah, mm. it's different, right? Okay. So, so there's a little bastardization that's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It, happens, it happens everywhere, okay? So shout out to all you uh, Mala Sianko fans. But then, in, in that sense of, you know, that is one kind of consumption trend, right? The premiumization and essentially people become more affluent, they want the status. So that's, that's one kind of consumption. Mm. What other consumption trends are you looking at? You know, and, you know, without, you know, you can, don't drop names, but you just kind of see 
where this is going? Uh, plenty, lah. Right. So you get a clue is what you buy every day, right? Mm. So um, and what is in your home, and uh, one company that I like is the air conditioning company, home appliance company, la. But they are known more for their air conditioning. They are a very successful company in China, number one in terms of aircon sales, right? And uh, in China, they are busy building a lot of homes. A lot of homes, right? Building a lot of homes. And now they want thermal comfort. They want the highest standard of living. And uh, they all want air conditioning in their, in their houses, just like us in Singapore. Mm. Okay? But the number of houses they have is uh, dwarf us, right? Totally, okay? So that means the demand for all this uh, air conditioning is huge. Okay? That makes them one of the largest uh, enterprises in China. And uh, they also do commercial spaces, right? Not just the domestic one. Like our uh, jewel, Changi Jewel, they chose media as their aircon mm. uh, provider rather than any other mm. brand, mm. right? Mm. That says a lot, okay? And that means that they are pretty successful in also growing outside of China. And now you start to see a lot of advertisement on yeah. caps, on buses, and you can even buy a media uh, aircon uh, today at any of the major electronic uh, yeah. uh, home appliance outlet. So this is another thing you can look at. Right, because in terms of aircon players, there aren't many in the world. Right, mm-hmm. not as many as other consumer products. I would say. Right, so yeah. competition is not that strong. Mm. Yeah. I think they managed to brand themselves, n- unlike a Chinese company. Yeah. Right, so the very Japanese vibes, the way they build mm. it. So I think quite interesting the way they, they kind of ride through global cultural acceptance. Yeah. Right, yeah. because there's still that little little tinge for it. Yeah. And so, so then in, in that sense, you know, a lot of people, when they look at buying Chinese companies, right, the, the big names always come out, right? Alibaba, Jingdong, you know, whatever, and, and mostly tech platforms, yeah. um, which are popular everywhere, right? And they have that kind of reach. But then you're going for very like real, like consumption, very core appliance kind of stuff, right? What is that divergence then? Or do you also own the tech, guys? I also own the tech, like Alibaba, Tencent, uh, the likes of it. Uh, of course, if they are trading at a good price, right? Which Alibaba is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> not a tip, not a tip, guys. <laughs> this is purely for education purposes. <laughs> Please don't um, take it as advice. But it's, yes. it's just that uh, I find that consumer brands are stickier, mm. right? Whereas tech, you really need to keep up. The innovation cycle is very short. Right. Um, you talk about Tencent being the social media champion in China, then mm. suddenly you have Kuai Shou, you have Douyin. Yeah, you're Douyin. Just like, what, less than less than 10 years of dominance, you suddenly have new yeah. computers threatening it. Yeah, Weibo used to be a thing. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, it's still a thing, it's, but yeah. finances, it, it looks like shit anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's getting more and more crowded. Yeah, crowded. Basically, right? So whereas in the consumer branding space, right, um, it's very, very difficult for a newcomer to come in. Very, very difficult. Not impossible, but it's very difficult. Like, how are you going to create another Baiju brand to beat Mao Tai? Mm. Okay, it's very, very tough, right? Charlie Munger used to say this, right? That the mouth is a very sensitive place. Uh, <laughs> you know, you don't put foreign things in your, <laughs> your mouth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Foreign things in your mouth. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're very, very sensitive, right? You won't anyhow like put things that are, that are not... Uh, that that are you don't like in your mouth. Yeah, you don't yeah, like, yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you are used to one brand, you will keep having the brand, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not, a, not a sexual thing, okay, but... <laughs> <laughs> no sexual connotation. Yes, but. yes, 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 yes. We profess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, sweat, uh, sweat. Yeah, Mao Tai. 
things like Maltai uh, harder to change, right? Because mm. people stuck to it. Okay. Mm. Whereas you switch a platform might be easier. Okay. Okay. Um, there are a lot more like soy sauce is also something that I think is integral to the Chinese culture. Mm. Um, so something like a Hai Tian brand uh, is also very sticky. Uh, people always seek that kind of familiarity. Mm. Right? If they buy the kind of soy sauce, likely they'll keep buying the same soy sauce mm. over mm. and over mm. again. Mm. Right? They wouldn't change. Okay, okay. So what you're telling me, all these uh, consumption brands and you know, essentially, essentially consumer-driven companies, they are mostly listed as A-shares in Shanghai and Shenzhen. That's yes. what I'm getting. Yes. You don't get it through the ADR listings, which no. are in the US. You don't get it in Hong Kong. No, Maltai is only A-shares. Haitian is A-shares. Media is also A-shares. Mm. Yeah. So, so in that sense... It is a discussion between access and not so much in terms of like what are the risk factors, you know, because people get a little bit jittery in the idea like, oh, you know, like invest in China, then it's like you got a hole in renminbi and all those kind of stuff, mm. right? So give us a little bit of texture to understand, you know, where do we find comfort in this, mm. you know, where it is relatively still a closed market, you know, in terms of the currency and the financial markets. And why do you, why are you so okay to put 60% of your money in China in that sense, other than the growth story and all? Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And current currency exchange risk will always be there. Even let's say you buy a Singapore company, right? But it has businesses in China and US or whatever, you will still get the currency risk. Just that it's embedded in the company. Mm-hmm. You don't not feel as, it. Not as open. Yes. Yeah, you don't yeah. feel it, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, right? So um, uh, that's one. You can never eliminate it. Uh, second is that uh, it's the same if you invest in US companies predominantly. I, I do know there are some people who just whack everything US, right? So you get the US... Uh, currency risk as well. But I think for major currency like USD, renminbi, uh, or even euro, there's no need to be so fearful about it. And also you don't need to hedge it. Okay, Because the way I see it is that uh, the good thing about Sing dollar is it's hedged against the basket of these major currencies. Right? How MAS does it is they manage the exchange rate with a basket of currency, which is not disclosed, but they did give you a hint. They say it's uh, against a major trading partners mm. and China is definitely one of the major trading mm. partners of Singapore mm. and that means that renminbi is going to be quite a big weightage in SGD basket mm. right and that means that uh, uh, I see it as MES have already hedged it for me I do not need to do extra hedging mm. okay and when you look at the history of renminbi versus sing dollar for the last 20 years it has been very stable it's mm. been range bound mm. so that tells you that um, uh, or that can assure you that it's not going to uh, be a problem Okay, in terms of uh, currency exchange risk. And if China going to be the major economy or the biggest economy in time to come, the currency is going to be more important. Mm. Right? Mm. So in fact, you look at the reserve currency percentage, uh, renminbi has been growing the fastest right, compared to the rest of currencies. So I do think that it's not a big concern for me. Yeah, fair. Okay. So essentially, you're not concerned because you feel like MS has already done the balancing act you know, with the basket. Yeah, weightage kind of thing, but then you know hedging is a is a thing that's being thrown around. Like people keep saying you gotta hedge, 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 right? So I'm just kind of curious, like 
how would you hedge you know if you wanted to hedge because there are all these tools out there and not all are you know open access to retail guys right so, so just want to, want to get a little bit of your take if i'm a retail individual i want to hedge against a certain thing you know what would you do Okay, so first of all, I don't encourage hedging is because it's very complicated. Mm. Uh, most people do it wrong mm. and they end up losing more money than they <laughs> who have not hedged at all. Okay? <laughs> but let's say if you really want to hedge, uh, one of the, the easier way is you go and short like the Reming Beat. Right? Mm. So there are a lot of forex brokers out there. So you can take a portion of position to short against Reming Beat. So if Reming Beat really devalues, then your short position will we'll make fruit, money. We'll so fruit, that's right? how you yeah. how you hedge against current series. But it's very dynamic. Uh, your position sizing must be calculated very well and you need to adjust that, that position uh, regularly, right? And that's why it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people will just <laughs> do worse. So don't bother. So don't bother. Just take yeah. a break. Let MAS do its yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. So you know, in like all big countries, right? Much like China or US or anywhere else, growth is not consistent. A lot of Singaporeans think like everywhere is the same, right? Like, mm. like oh yeah, you know, everywhere is the same. Growth is, you know, um, homogeneous around. But in China, there's a lot of coastal cities, mm. right? Those are the big consumption, mm. the big consumers. Mm. You know, Beijing, Shanghai, Beijing, Guang, right? Essentially, these three places, and Guangzhou. Um, are you concerned about their consumption habits and how that you know trickles differently into the inner inner cities? You know, that are non-coastal, and how do you, how do you see that play out? You know, in terms of trends and all. Definitely the, the consumption is mainly from the coastal area. Besides the three cities that you mentioned, uh, there are many other cities, your Hangzhou, all these places, even Foshan. Uh, they, are, they are pretty high in terms of their living standards. Foshan is the... <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee. <laughs> yeah. And the Hongfei Hong yeah. is from Foshan. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of Kung Fu stuff there. Yeah, a lot right? of Kung Fu stuff, yes. Yeah, but they have, they have big companies. Media is from there. Oh, yeah, so okay. so they have they have very successful enterprises businesses, uh, and their overall standard living, uh, standard standard of living around those areas are pretty high, right? It's it's not that low, um, and they are also building or designating areas like the Greater Bay Area, the GBA. They are gonna have like a metropolis connecting all the cities together, uh, to make use of um, uh, multiple cities to grow to a bigger region like San Francisco Bay Area, uh, Greater mm. Tokyo Bay Area. So they they steal that concept. Mm. Uh, from but this bay is way bigger just saying yeah exactly right so it's way bigger <laughs> it's like so five that, cities that, string that, together that, call that a means, bay yeah, that means <laughs> that even even uh, actually I think it's about 13 cities mm-hmm. um, and that means that the coastal areas still have a lot of growth mm-hmm. right uh, I think that in fact the most of the growth of China will still come from coastal area mm-hmm. unlikely it's going to come from the inner cities mm-hmm. um, which means that it's a problem of rich poor gap yeah. and in China it's very stuck mm-hmm. okay that's a funny thing, right? It's supposed to be a communist country, mm. but the rich poor gap is wider than US, else, which yes. is a capitalistic society. Yes, yes. So that's the irony. Yes, yes. Right? Uh, uh, I, I don't know how I'm going to solve that. That's beyond my pay grade. Okay? So that's not my pay grade. But the inner cities does have some economic development. It's not like without, like quite show has brought a lot of the, the influences from the, the inner cities uh, and uh, they also try to have that kind of supply chain where farmers in the inner cities, western part of China, can transport or sell their uh, their crops, their their mm, direct produce, consumer, yes, right to to mm. the coastal area. And they also have like sister cities. Okay, they match one uh, inner city with a successful 
a modern city and then you know they try to work together see how they can bring them out of their poverty so that's that's what they've been doing I don't know how successful it is going to be but I do think that majority of growth will still come from the coastal area unfortunately that's how it is the rich gets richer right they have more resources to mm. grow and all this GBA all this will just increase the activity right and even eventually when tourism come back people will still visit the coastal cities more than the inner cities mm. so that's mm. how how it's going to be la. Um, but yeah China may have a very bad rich poor problem to solve yeah so on, on the grounds of rich poor problem and it being very bad right because the picture now that you're painting and a lot of people are painting maybe not everyone like mainstream media maybe not so not so nice to China but if you look at the numbers you look at the financials if you trust the data a lot of growth a lot of prospects you know and things are looking good you know, but then what are some of the risk factors you know like like one of which which is the rich poor gap right that creates instability from a social ground mm-hmm. right so what are some of these risk factors that that you think uh, people need to be very cognizant when yeah. they invest in China how is it different the, the thing that's uh, bugging China uh, if you bring in the context of US is that China domestically uh, they are not that stable okay they have flashpoints right because they are not as homogeneous as the Americans right why I say that because Xinjiang has always been a problem always okay ethnically culturally they are different right they are not homogeneous at all it's mm. almost like it's another they are more Turks than Chinese yeah yes. exactly but that somehow they are in within the boundaries right not somehow it's war okay, okay. so it's you have to you have to assimilate history, history yes, yeah you yes. have to assimilate them to, mm. to but you cannot force them to change yes. their culture it's yes. not possible or change their religion yes. and uh, uh, that's that's one area you don't have such problem in the US mm. right uh, Tibet okay, wants to be autonomous mm. don't want to be under the Chinese uh, politics right Taiwan is also a problem so you can see they are all around China mm. at the fringes mm. of China. Mm. So in terms of all this kind of uh, political instability, uh, uh, China is not as well positioned as the US, right? Mm. All the states are pretty much the same. Mm. Okay, mm. Um, and another thing is that uh, their neighbors are not friendly. Chinese neighbors are not friendly. Mm. Right? India is not friendly. They have flashpoint at Kashmir. Japan not in good terms. Mm. Right, uh, a little bit like. I don't know, frenemy kind of situation, right? Sometimes I'm yeah. friends, sometimes I'm an enemy with you. Yes, yes, yes. Right? yes. So, but definitely, I would no, trust we're, you. We're like, we're like trading partners. We can yeah, trade, yeah. But, but we're not friends. We're not yeah, allies yeah. in that sense, yes. Uh, uh, Vietnam, okay, Vietnam hates China, mm. right? So, you can see, again, it's around China. So, that means that um, if, let's say, China go to war, uh, it has a problem, right? Because everybody surrounding China is a foe, almost. Mm. Only the Western part, the Central Asia, they have more friends. Mm. Other than that, everybody surrounding them, uh, they are enemies. Right? Mm. So I always like to see that China have friends afar, but foes nearby. Mm. Okay? And in US, it's different. Friends up north, your Can- Canadians. Friends down south, Mexico. They're all dying to go into America. Mm. Right? And they are protected by your Pacific Ocean, Atlantic Ocean. Mm. To attack US is very, very difficult. Mm. Right? To attack China is a lot easier because you have a lot of enemies waiting to let people use yeah. them yeah. as an avenue or conduit mm. into attacking China. Mm. Right? So you can see that um, in terms of geopolitics, uh, this is one major risk I see in China. Right? Mm. It's not as solid in terms of 
uh, securing uh, a home-based defense as what U.S. has experienced. That is why um, the, the biggest threat to U.S. territory in the past 100 years was only probably two times. First was during the Cuban Missile Crisis, where the Russian uh, Essentially, uh, nuclear bomb yeah. right, was within range of the U.S. launch. And that's why they are so uptight about North Korea, because they are claiming that they have a missile range that can hit the America. The USA. In Alaska, right? Right? So they are very clear what is the major threat is all these intercontinental ballistic nuclear bombs. Mm. Right? That is what threatens them. It's not all your traditional naval forces, not your land forces. You it's not they, they are the yeah, US. they are impregnable from yeah, that yeah. point of view. I think they right? have like what 30, 30 you know, uh, huge ass aircraft carriers. Exactly, and whatnot. exactly. Yeah. And they are protected by the oceans, right? Yeah. So ocean is flat, your radar can see and enemy forces way, way before anybody else. Um, and and uh, the second time the US faced a threat was terrorists, right, mm. where they flew the plane and hit America. I don't think that's a threat. Like. That was like just, yeah, it but, happened. But, 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 they, but they want to prevent this from happening. Yes, they yes, really yes. whack the Middle East, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so you can see the whole US focus where their defense is. Okay? Mm. It's, it's about neutralizing all these uh, long-range threats mm. uh, that is hitting their soils. Other than that, Traditional military force would find it very hard to touch US, but China is a different story. Yeah. Okay, fair. So that is the external force, right? Um, which I get it. You know, it's a like what you brought up, right? In a very brute manner. It's like yeah, all the enemies around, a lot of trading partners, no friends. But then, from an internal cultural standpoint, from a political standpoint, um, what are some things that you know? If I today want to invest in China, what do I need to know? Because you know, we, we know so much about what's going on here. We know a little bit more about what is happening in the West, like how they do it because media is, you know, they talk about it, right? But then if today as an investor from Singapore, when I look at China, oh, all these growth stories, but what are some like nuances that I need to know yeah. that's different? Um, I, definitely the value system is different, right? Political system is different, okay? Um, the thing about investment is that it's very difficult to be 100% impartial, 100% mm. objective. Mm. Right? We, will, we will bring in some of our biases, our value system into the, the kind of investment that we do. Right? It's natural. Yes, okay? yes. And um, the, the thing that a lot of people have with China problem is they don't like a communist government. Mm. Right? They feel that well, they control everything, there's a lot of censorship. That is a value that is in conflict with the Americans, right? Americans mm. is, I want liberty, right? I want freedom of expression. Okay, you mm. can say whatever shit you want, right? Mm. I may not agree with you, but you can say it. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, it's, yeah. it's acceptable that you can say it, yeah. right? Uh, uh, but in China, it's not. If you say something I don't like, I will censor you. Okay, the cancer culture or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So like we to, need a pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to, 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 some, to some investors, right, they, they, the, is a, they probably their value is closer to the Americans, right? The freedom of speech is, must be preserved. I should not be shut off, okay? And when they look at China, they say, this is a, a criminal government. I don't like them. I'm not going to invest anything about China. So you, that's what I mean. You bring in your personal value into your investment process. Mm. Right, uh, and and I think this is natural. You cannot prevent this, right? Because if you go and invest in it, right, you will hate yourself, okay? mm. which is a very unnatural thing to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I do think that there is a lot of misunderstanding uh, regarding this, right? Even when we talk about this freedom of expression, uh, it's not just a political system thing, but it's a cultural thing, mm. okay? Because the Angmo has this culture that you know uh, individualism. Mm. They they really see the importance of having that uh, individual. Right after you 
reach a certain age, you're supposed to kick out, kick him out of the house, and he's gonna live on his own, right? That that kind of independence. Whereas in the East, during the Confucian period, that kind of culture has already been fostered. That you're supposed to live in harmony, mm. right? You're gonna respect elders. You don't say things that people don't like to hear, in protecting the harmony in that group, right? So you see, it manifests into even the entire country into the political system as well. So that means that when you look at Chinese companies, you have to evaluate their behavior based on Chinese values. If you use American values to evaluate Chinese companies, then you will find a lot of conflict. Mm. But actually to the Chinese, this is the way. This is my way of life because I don't know, thousands of years, it passed down from my ancestor. That's how we're supposed to behave, mm. right? Mm. Uh, to the Amor, it's like, this is not acceptable. This is suppression. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so, yes. Same thing, if you, if you use Chinese values to look at American companies, it's also wrong, right? You have mm. a lot of conflict. Wow, why are they so aggressive? Why are they borrowing so much money? Mm. Well, how, how are they going to pay back, right? They're mm. not prudent at all. Mm. Why are they doing all this, like, how oh, you say these kind of things in on media, on social media, without filtering? This is very irresponsible. Mm. You know, So you, you see, you, you have very different kind of opinions coming out. So basically, what is happening right now, all this US-China trade war, it boils down to a difference in value, right? Mm. Really to the core, to the root of the problem. Um, they were just brought up differently for thousands of years. And, and now um, they are vying for that top spot, okay? Mm. Which means when you get to the top spot, you get to propagate your values. Yeah. And that's what they cannot accept, yeah. right? And that's why you have all these arguments. So um, um, I do think that if you really want to look at Chinese companies, you do need to look at them or evaluate them based on the Chinese system, the Chinese values, then you will have a, a better appreciation Nice, nice. So if let's say I want to start investing in China, how would you recommend I, I go about doing this? Uh, read Confucian. <laughs> Analex. Anal- <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> cultural call. Cultural first. Uh, of course, the easiest way is always buy a fund that, that invests in China. ETFs has been a very simple and, and accessible way for most very people cheap, to do very it. Very yeah. yeah. So like iShares MSCI China ETF is pretty broad. Uh, it covers all the four markets we talk about, whether it's US, ADR, H shares, A shares, it covers everything. Mm. So you can just buy one ETF, it solves everything. Mm. Yeah. You have your multi, you have your media, mm. it's all inside. Everything. Okay, yeah. cool stuff. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I hope you guys learned some good stuff today. And by the way, we need a pool is a reference to Xi Jinping. <laughs> if you didn't know, you can go and search about it. Okay, we need a pool is being banned in China. Yeah, this, this podcast can never be broadcasted in China. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because we use... <laughs> Cool. Okay, anyway, <laughs> take care. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Okay, thank you. Thank you for having me. you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our social, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description below. And if you love us, will help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. Also, if you have some interesting thoughts to share or know someone that you want to hear more from, reach out to us through hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead. Stay tuned next week and always remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. Okay, so wait, I have three questions that I ask every single guest. Yeah. And the first question is, you know, what is a core life principle that you hold on to? Okay, one principle I hold 
onto is that just do it first, then think about it later. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's it's almost like fire first, then um, adjust later. Right. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people will say plan something, then after that you go and execute it. Okay. Um, I I think it depends on what kind of personality you are. But for me, I tend to be the more cautious kind. So. Uh, one principle I hold dear is that you know I always remind myself I must act 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 fast enough act mm. don't think so much right I tend to tend to oh, what if what if what if what if right just do it first okay sometimes it's not as bad as what you think it's going to be mm. okay so that is one principle that um, I really hold on to and I think that a lot of things in life uh, in business especially right even now the culture about being an agile company means you go and do first and you keep iterating. Mm. Okay, don't don't be like very traditional company you plan work plan after that you still got sub planning community mm-hmm. then after that you come back together Risk with management. another big plan <laughs> yeah uh, after six months nothing is done on the ground mm-hmm. you're still planning mm-hmm. and by the time you roll out something your competitors are already out there selling your products yeah yeah okay cool take action number two um, what is the personal finance advice that you feel needs to be further propagated uh, I think it relates to the first uh, the, the principle that I mentioned about right that uh, just act first okay? mm. I think a lot more people can invest more a lot of people can care about their finances more but I know that it's not natural right uh, because we don't wake up to say that I want to buy insurance today I want to invest my money today we wake up hey, where should I eat today where should I go today where should I play today right mm-hmm. so in terms of personal finance <laughs> if I wake I think, up it's like hey what insurance to buy today <laughs> I'll be quite funny <laughs> exactly right so so that means that you know you just want to get it sorted out as soon as possible right? yes, just yes, go and yes. act on it and you can just let it run in the background mm, okay? mm. but the most important if you if you do it first if you wait until 10 years later 20 years later you, then you act right usually people will say I should have acted earlier mm, okay? mm. and sometimes we, we uh, meet some of the investors they are like uh, retirement age uh, or near retirement age like 50 plus and they say hey, I haven't started investing eh. you know then you know time is a very crucial factor for investment to grow and uh, having less time there's very limited option you can do you know? nice Okay, last question. Which part of your life are you giving additional focus on now? I think definitely the business part uh, a lot more because uh, as I shared through the story, uh, things have become more and more serious and I have to really concentrate and focus on growing it, right? To keep everybody happy, right? Customer happy, staff happy, shareholder happy, uh, then I'll be happy, right? Yeah. So so it, it, it's, it's really focusing a lot on, on the business, yeah. A lot of my day-to-day life, lah. Nice, that's cool. By the way, for all of you who don't know, because you probably can't see, Elvin came in with clutches. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for coming in. Yeah, Take no care. Life healthy. goes on. Yeah. All of you, all the best. Take care. Thank you.